This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. We've talked a lot about the port strike, the labor dispute over the last month or so, because there was agreements and then there weren't agreements. And then they reached another tentative agreement was rejected by the membership. Well, now the latest tentative agreement has been accepted and voted on by the membership. And it looks like it's good. It's coming to an end. Everything is going to get back to normal there. But there was a lot of confusion, right? Uh, lots of calls for government to get involved, just and businesses that were confused and had backups. And so how do we make sure something like this doesn't happen again? Do we need to dig a little deeper into how we got to this point? And there's a question about whether or not the Canadian Labour Code should actually be amended so we could have some kind of inquiry into strikes to find out what went wrong and, and what happened there. Could they have been avoided? Well, joining us now is Dr. Peter Hall, Professor of Urban Studies at Simon Fraser University. Thanks so much for joining us. Morning, uh, Simi. So how, why would we do this? Why would we need to examine this labor dispute more closely, do you think? Um, look, it seems as though there were some underlying issues um, around um, probably the prospect of uh, automation. Um, and we heard quite a bit about contracting out, um, which is really the sort of flip side of automation. It's, it's all the technical work that goes with the changes in uh, terminal operations and those are issues that are uncertain and still evolving and changing and uh, um, there's just a lot of uncertainty about what's coming and that's difficult to sort out of the bargaining table without uh, without a sort of clearer picture and everybody starting to get a common understanding of what's coming. But then why why dig so deep into this particular labor dispute? There's lots of companies and employees that deal with automation. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. There, there, there are lots of companies that uh, face automation, a lot of, a lot of sectors, uh, yours and mine are included. And yeah. so, so, you know, two things. The, the, the first thing is that um, uh, something like a port is part of a sort of a continuous um, flow and any disruption to continuous flow is very is very um, problematic and so keeping keeping things going is important and um, and and worth worth trying to do that's the first thing the second thing is there's there is the kind of a history in the sector of um, employers implementing new technologies we've seen containerization over the last 50 years just a massive set of changes on and on and on in the industry and uh, the kind of bargain they've made is that they'll they'll um, they'll have very uh, good working conditions in exchange for being able to implement technologies and that uh, model has worked up until now, and I think there are reasons to think that with uh, automation, it might, might no longer, and there might need to be a need to, you know, sort of think about um, some of the changes um, that, that accompany that automation. And unlike other industries, longshoremen have struck a bargain where they have benefited from technical change, and they're not going to give up on that very quickly or easily. So do we need to 
have an inquiry into that or do we need to have a better process set up for how negotiations happen? Um, I mean, the, 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 the process was about as good as it gets. You know, the, um, the parties were given a lot of time to talk things through. They were given um, uh, support from the federal mediator. Um, at different moments, the federal government stepped in and said, OK, would you would you consider this as a deal? So the process worked. Um, you know, we've, we don't we no longer have a strike. We have a deal. The party and everyone's back at work. So it worked as well as it can. But I, I would fear that uh, four years from now, we're going to be back in the same position if we don't um, take this opportunity to spend a bit of time um, examining the issue and uh, really understanding what uh, what kind of changes need to be made. And how do you envision that process? So the, so the, the Canada Labor Code um, creates a mechanism of an industrial inquiry commission. That would be one way to do it, um, where you have uh, some sort of independent, uh, most often a judge or a lawyer, um, uh, heading up a commission. It could be a panel. They um, have the opportunity to hear from the parties. They have the opportunity to look at the data and they can come up with recommendations. Nothing's going to change in the law unless those recommendations then go to Parliament and uh, work their way up through that process. Um, uh, but uh, sometimes the, um, the Commission can also put proposals on the table that, uh, that uh, then, um, then the parties can implement in the, in the next contract if they agree. Um, on them, and so it's just a it's just a mechanism to to really look deeply at an issue. Have we done this before? Have we used this before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so previously, um, uh, back in the 1980s, there was uh, a lot of concern about cargo being diverted to Seattle and Tacoma, and that was because of a provision in the collective agreement uh, around um, where those cargo where those containers would be emptied and um, and filled. So exactly another example of a new technology um, changing the way things were done. And there was a lot of conflict around that and eventually they had a commission and the commission said um, basically, let's have a deal where um, for every additional container, some money's put in the pension fund for the longshoremen. That was one one type of resolution. There was a similar um, uh, conflict uh, in the, into the early 1990s and there was a commission that said um, uh, we're not going to take away the right to strike, but we are going to um, put in some protections so that um, the cargo that's most perishable doesn't doesn't uh, get affected. And uh, you know the the ports of the port has had um, 20 years almost now of of very strong growth, interrupted really only by um, by trucker disputes. And uh, so I just I just think it might be time to consider a mechanism like that. Um, to, to look at these, these deeper issues. It's interesting. All right. Well, Dr. Hall, thanks for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good day, Simi. You too. That's Dr. Peter Hall, professor of urban studies at Simon Fraser University, says we shouldn't just all kind of walk away and be like, oh, good, the port strike is over, believes that we should spend some time digging into it. Why did it happen? Can we prevent this from happening in the future? What is the mechanism for that too?